Hey, this is Nana. And I'm Django. And this is Sunday Dinner. Cool. So today we're joined by Johnny Smith. Hello. The, the Johnny Smith. Um, you are my neighbor. Yes. You're my... Upstairs neighbor. Upstairs neighbor. Yeah. Best neighbor. Um, and uh, you're also kind of like a new media guy slash artist. Okay. Would that be, would that be a proper introduction? You're an, art, you're an actor. You make art. You're kind of venturing into the physical fine art world. Um, wow. Wow. You're saying it. Can you write my bio? <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say that also maybe my themes. Right. Yeah. Well, well how would, how would you define that? How, how, what would you, what would you describe as your, your themes? I say, um, I'm perverted. Perverted. Meaning, perverted. meaning that I do a lot of like, I guess, kind of provocative kind of themes i like to do play with sexuality and humor because mm. those are my two favorite things i like to laugh <laughs> and i like to have sex <laughs> i like to feel good so i'm like I, I don't know so you're alive so i'm alive yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i mean i'm like lately i've just like being by myself and doing this so i don't know how alive that is instead of like actually going out into the world and no i think it's exactly the same you are exactly the same amount of aliveness whether you share it or not you're still doing it you're still creating your mind's still working it's right true. yeah 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 okay johnny i want to ask you a question that i like to ask people who were you at like 11 what did you love to do who, oh. who was that little boy 11 oh man uh I was, I guess, wanted to be an actor. I was, okay, so I had wow. started taking gymnastics extracurricularly. And uh, I couldn't get past, like, level five, which was, like, the lowest level. Everyone would graduate <laughs> level four or three. Like, I, there'd be, like, new, like, schools or new classes of uh, students. And they were, like, moving forward to the next one. And I would stay, I would stay in five. But there must have been something that you went, yes, I can do this. Were you good at tumbling and then that was it? Or you felt like you could do a split? Definitely no, neither. Neither. No. So neither. what, but there was, <laughs> but there was something that made you go, this is for me. Uh, I think I, it was an excuse because we would travel to go to gymnastic meets and it'd be my entire family. Mm -hmm. And I would always get like promised a book as like a reward after going to the, the meets. So I was like, I want a book. I want you a book. You did it for the books? Yeah, but... Oh, <laughs> wait, what? Perverted books? Garfield. <laughs> no, <Like> Garfield. no. <laughs> Not... <laughs> no, that counts to me. Garfield, um, absolutely. Well, I didn't think you were reading The Little Princess. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, no, Garfield, I absolutely. <laughs> um, I love that movie, too. Movie. I love the book, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I... But then I realized that I wanted to perform, like, you know, and and... And so I remember like gravitating towards theater 
and <laughs> our coach, Coach Squatty Body, made an announcement to the team saying that uh, Jonathan's leaving to pursue his dream of theater. <laughs> and it was just so dramatic. And, you were, you and basically, were... I was just doubling down. So my dad knew I was gay. <laughs> I knew it. Is that when you knew? When did you know? When I was gay? Yeah. I think I've always known, because I always liked attention from my guy friends when I was like a kid. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't like, you know, it was just like attention. It wasn't right. anything more than that, obviously. Uh, probably after I had sex with a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that I was gay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that when you came out? No, I I I waited. I, I waited till I left Texas when I graduated school and I moved to California. And then I was like, all right, I'm not gonna go by Jonathan anymore. I'm Johnny. <laughs> and I'm reinventing myself and I'm gay. Hmm. And then like a week later I dated this girl. <laughs> <laughs> just Katie. to like just to like I guess the guy was the like, I was scared, you know, because I was, of course. So, I was 23 and, um, 22, 23. And I moved to San Diego and I started dating this girl, Katie, and I was working at the movie theater and I was the usher. And there was this guy that would come up to the theater and kind of just like, you know, gape at me. And he was really handsome. And I was kind of like, so excited about this guy that's like checking me out. Like, what is the deal with this guy? Turns out it was Katie's ex-boyfriend, <laughs> Nick. Oh no! That was like, who is this guy? Oh no! That Katie is dating, and I thought he was just like crushing on me because I was crushing on him. And so then I was like, all right, I gotta like end it. And so I met up with Katie, and I was like, this isn't gonna work out. And she was like, yeah, I know, you're checking out my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> like, well, that's a wrap. Let's just uh, commit to this, and yeah. And then I went to a gay bar and I committed. And did that feel like, you know, a huge swelling music and here I am, this is me and all the great songs? Did it feel like that or was it just a slow creep of, yeah, I'm okay here? Definitely a lot of creep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was trying to be funny. Um, <laughs> now I get it. We'll edit that out. <laughs> um, no, I... I think it was liberating. Yeah, it was totally liberating yeah. to just kind of be like, okay, cool. Like, this is my truth and I get to honor it now and I don't have to be afraid about it because, you know, I'm not in Texas, you know, because growing up in Texas in the 90s, literally I thought like, I mean, it was just like my knowledge, my lack of knowledge, my ignorance about, you know, sex and uh STDs and HIV and AIDS. Like literally I thought like, okay, if you're gay, you're going to get AIDS, like done, you know? So it was just something that, you know, didn't want to even like ruminate about. But then once I realized, I don't know, when I became more aware and, you know, less dumb, you know, it, it was like, oh, this is great. I love this about myself. Hmm. But and I don't identify, like, I know a lot of people identify their sexuality like that's not how I identify myself necessarily. But I so agree with that. It's a part of me. I, I don't identify myself with anything. Yeah. There are things I believe, things I love, things I feel a part of, but I don't identify. I'm just human. And even more than that, uh, Rene Aubergenois, an old friend of mine who's no longer with us, used to call me a creature. And that feels even more right to me. I like that. I, mm -hmm. Yeah, because it, it's even more inclusive with everything that's 
in this world. I kind of like that. Yeah, I think I think that you can. I I definitely get caught up in different identities very, very frequently. It's something that I'm working on not doing so much. But it's like I, what, the career that I have or the job that I'm doing, I go, oh, this is me now, you know. And and it's like, it's very freeing to just be like, no, no, I'm I'm, I'm me when I'm resting or when I'm doing something that I enjoy, and and that that's something that can be. Um, eternal and, and take many forms. I agree. Yeah. I, I, that's like also like when you were introducing me, you know, and it was like new media artist and perform, you know, and it, it's interesting because it is like, yeah, like I love that. That is me. But I'm also like guy that slept three hours today on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine too. I needed, to, I needed to sleep. I needed to respond to my body. Right. But, uh, you know, but also, you know, learning that not necessarily how we make money is how what we, we are, what we are, yeah. right. how we value ourselves. There is actually something I, I, I tend to ask mom a question kind of right off the bat, you know, a little bit of advice or something that I'm dealing with or, or something that I've dealt with. Um, and the thing that I wanted to ask today uh, had particularly to do with basically the same thing, pr proving yourself or having a need to prove yourself all the time. Because that's something that I'm, again, I, I've been working on for a long time, not needing to step into a discussion and feel like insecure about where I'm at in life or whatever it is. But I, I, I was wondering if you had any advice on that front. Yeah, uh, people seem to feel that if they have a lot of opinions, that actually makes them um, a multi-dimensional person and it's actually just thoughts that you have that's that's not where it is and um, I was it's interesting I was I was thinking a lot about this lately uh, first of all who are you proving yourself to well it could be a date or it could be you know a, a new conversation or a friend or someone who I admire you know um, I think something that we don't do enough of is allow things to unfold. It's it's a it's a, a sneaky way of trying to control a situation by saying this is who I am and what I'll put forth and this is what I want to happen out of it and I want them to think this of me rather than just letting it unfold, letting the person have their perspective of you and you just being honestly who you are where you are in that moment right and and seeing what happens um it, I, it, it seems to be we have a lot of training for that Th just what you're talking about strive push figure out who you are because unless you do everyone's going to trample you but it just seems to me that this idea of opinions separates people and actually when you're on a date or when you're at a at a an, a job interview the best way for them to see you is for you to be interested in them right. bring them out and find out who they are look into their eyes and there you'll be the 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 true django bringing your own character strengths and by the way do you know what your character strengths are off the bat yeah um 
I, I know I have them. Yeah, no, you do. <laughs> I don't necessarily want do. to <laughs> broadcast. Both. I'm very handsome. <laughs> <laughs> but but I feel that is one of the most important things um, that I've done is actually cognitively understand what my character strengths are. And you can go on the internet and find lists of them. You can take tests. And when you cognitively understand it, it brings it up to your prefrontal cortex. That's the language of your prefrontal cortex. And you can start applying it in a very intentional way to everything you do. And when you do that, there's no question which, well, this is what I found. I, I no longer question which nana do I bring to the party. Mm. I bring what I know I am. And what I know I am are my character strengths and your character strengths are what you've already invested in. It's how you choose to walk on the earth. It's what you see as important. Compassion, uh, a, an eye for beauty, humor, um, it, it, whatever it is. There's a huge list of them. But when you know what they are, that's who you bring every single time. You don't have to think about who am I? How am I presenting? How do I impress you here's, already bring what you are. Here's the danger about, you know, California, capitalist society, whatever you call it. But it's that there is so much pressure and identity tied to external factors, you know, that at least at least growing up now, I, I feel bad because I see, you know, there's so many TikTok stars and young young people that are, you know, blowing up for this, that or the other. And then everyone who's not achieving that is left ultimately with some sort of emptiness, you know? And I, I see that well, a lot, and, you know... Well, here's, here's one thing. Not everyone gets a prize. I mean, we all grew up... Well, you guys grew up with, you know, you got a prize if you, you know, if you were in gymnastics, but you also <laughs> got a prize if you left gymnastics. You got a big announcement. Everyone's... It's got to be... Everyone's worried about self-esteem rather than, hey, that's not something I'm going to be. Right. Whatever they're doing, good for them. And I hope it's sustainable, which sometimes I doubt for these people, it's going to be sustainable. Um, it, what are you going to do after? What do you, how are you going to evolve that thing? But um, yeah, I, I really do think that, think about it. Think about the most fascinating people you meet. They're the ones who just are there. On screen, anywhere. They just are there. And that is, you can keep evolving that. You can keep evolving that. You're not going to um, get stuck with something that isn't sustainable. Well, I, I, I also think that a lot of it is when you compare yourself. That's when you kind of, that's for myself. Like whenever like I'm really stoked the way I got this new lamp today in my apartment. And I love the, I love the lamp. I love my plants. It's all clean. I love my, I love my home. I love it. And then I go to someone else's house and they have like a yard and like another bedroom. Right. And they're 10 years younger than me. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm such a loser. Like they have all of this. And I'm like, you know, but then I have to like remind myself that, Oh, I'm doing this because I'm comparing myself. Mm -hmm. And I think like, a lot of social media like TikTok and Instagram, it's like, how many followers do you have? How many likes do you have? You know, and I think that 
that's a lot of also the danger of that is because you're kind of being forced to compare yourself like just off the bat, you know. And who is that serving? Did either one of you read the article about Facebook and Instagram? Uh, did you? Wait, when it went... The shutdown? The shutdown? W no, not the shutdown. The fact that there are... There's a whistleblower saying... Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Right? And that that it Instagram is horrible for young women's self-esteem. Yeah. Damaging. And that it's it profits Facebook for people to be angry and to have these horrible... I mean, they're making money because we're attacking each other. But it's interesting because even before that, I would just say consumerism. It's before anger, it was fear. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it was fear based. We would buy shit because if you didn't, you might die or you're going to look ugly. You're not going to get fucked or whatever. Sorry, I keep dropping the F bomb. Do you? That's the first no, time I've heard you're it. You're totally, okay. totally welcome. Yeah. But to I'm here. just saying that. Um, um, just that it was, we buy things because we're scared. And so we need to get, we need to collect. And now it's like the model is, is like getting angry and I don't know. It's interesting. And opinionated and opinionated. And yeah. everyone's opinion is so important. Yes. And they have to declare it. Yes. I'll tell you right now, my ideas today may not, I don't know. They may change tomorrow. They may be totally different and that will be due to my thinking about it, input, things I learn, and experience. So I don't expect to be the same person. I mean, I, I'm not going to stand by my opinions as something important. I certainly don't identify with them. Yeah. They're, right. they're, they change. They keep evolving. Say it, forget it, write it, regret it. As a bumper sticker <laughs> I read on the way here. No. Well, <laughs> I'd be very interested to know how many hours on average young people are spending on TikTok and Instagram. Because I, I think that, I think that, I mean, my, my generation, whatever millennials, we, we are, we're okay with our consumption, but I, I know that right underneath me, Gen Z, that there's a lot of mental disorder coming out of this stuff. And it's a, you know, a downtrodden topic. I mean, everyone's heard it and everyone's spoken it, but I, I, I do think it contributes a lot to the question of, you know, how, how do I avoid feeling bad when I, when I, when I compare myself to others? And I, I, I just think that that's a, a question that the importance to the answer is, is increasing as time goes on. I agree. I agree, especially when who young women are comparing themselves to are airbrushed or, you know, it, it painted, whatever they do to these photographs. Filters. And filters, uh, plastic surgery. I mean, they have apps that are like specifically like make yourself look better. Right. Right. That's so. But see, it, it's weird to up. me because how can you want to do that? And someone goes, whoa. I mean, I can imagine doing that for myself and people go, wow, she's really attractive. And then here I come in real life. Now, if the app worked all the time, I may be interested and I could walk around and wake up in the morning looking like that app. Otherwise, what's the point? Well, that's it. Everybody's left feeling emptier because people that yeah. aren't doing that are comparing themselves to the people that are doing that. And people that are doing that are just feeling the effect of 
being bummed out with who they really are. Right. And also, then you get the thing of, would they like me if they knew what I really look like, or if they knew who I really was. So no one escapes this. No one. Very much so. Yeah. I mean, like even like with me, like when I'm, when I have photos I put up, you know, obviously we have photos taken of ourselves and we put up our best angles or whatever, you know? So then I'm like, do I just need to like, when I meet someone stay (laughs) at a 25 degree angle the entire time and just look through them through my right eye a little bit through the left, you know, no, I got to look at them the whole thing. They're going to see my profile. They'll see that I have a big nose, you know? And so now I'm like, okay, I'm in my like in, in uh, dating photos, I have a profile up, you know? To be open. For the, for the record, Johnny does profile. not have a big nose. Wait a minute. What, no one what can are you talking about? <laughs> I'd um, like to know what you're talking about. That's no, so strange. Are, you guys are too kind. No, no. Uh, Django, am I kind? I thought you were going to say, Django, you have a big nose. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you're you're nice. You're nice. You 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 will you will be nice. I'm not. <laughs> I love that me- the angry look. Like, <laughs> dare well, you call me nice? What what I'm noticing is neither one of us wants to be kind or nice, and it's like a a thing for us. What do you mean? Well, we're both like, well, we're not I'm kind. The, right? I'm the real. One. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm the, the tough one. Yeah, you know, yeah. But wait, you mean like like in your relationship or just like? No, just right now, the, oh, okay. we don't we don't want to think of ourselves as being kind and nice. I don't know. I don't think you're kind. I think you're com- kind in the sense of saying something untruthful. You you tell the truth, but you're very compassionate. I that's my opinion. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'll find a nice way to put something if if your nose was big, I would be like I, I wouldn't say your nose isn't big, Johnny. I would say like your beak your, is small. It's really well shaped. <laughs> <laughs> your nose isn't big. Your beak is right. Small beak. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I see when I look at you. Okay. I see kinetic energy. I see your eyes. I see um, a shapeshifter somehow. Oh. Don't let QAnon know. Yeah, he is. Oh, is that a shapeshift? Oh, no. Is that a QAnon thing? Johnny's Johnny's deep state planted to... um, No, wait. Is that... What's a shapeshifter to them? To me, it's science fiction. A shapeshifter to them is like... To me, too. (laughs) Is like the... To them, it's real life. The lizard society that's kind of controlling our youth. uh, Justin Bieber, uh, Taylor Swift, if you will. Right. Exactly. Chris Brown, apparently, as well. Um, but yeah, most, most media figures, I think, yeah. um, when they're not at Jeffrey Epstein's See, I, I, yeah. are, I need to, oh, in the, there's a pizza shapes. parlor, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. watch it. Okay. I need to know these things because I use shapeshifter and it, I, but I, not that, I, I no, think, but I need to know when it's, when it's meaning something QAnon, cause I'm not, I don't know anything about that world. It's probably for the better. I don't know if you want to pollute your brain. Yeah, no, I don't need to oh. go there. I don't need to. I need to know because I, I called someone a lizard person the other day. <gasps> I'm joking. <laughs> Johnny. Another bad joke. Johnny. He swings, he misses. Um, yeah, so there's going to be a third one. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to it. Much, yeah. It's going to be <laughs> another. Until the very, very end. <laughs> um, something I do want to tentatively bring up is um, the fact that Everyone watched the Chappelle 
show mm-hmm. special. Um, did you watch it? I did. Yeah, I, okay. I, I, I watched it in two parts. Um, so there are details that I'm blurry on. Um, but I was getting live tweets from you. Um, <laughs> I was getting texted live tweets from Johnny as you were watching. And it. it's very conflicted. It, yeah, it, it's a very conflicting. I feel like I, I'm confused about what did, I feel. Did you watch it, Nana? I did. You did. Okay. So um, I guess do you want to explain real quick for, I guess, whomever might be listening that isn't familiar with what's going on about that, the controversy? Sure. Dave Chappelle, um, everyone knows who Dave Chappelle is. I don't need to give him an introduction, but... Um, <laughs> he's a, I think he's a lizard person. Well. <laughs> <He's> a, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he, he, he did his apparently last comedy show. Um, and uh, throughout the process, I mean, the part that was really interesting to me was um, how he... Uh, Shouted out to baby to to start it all off, because <laughs> everything else I I think can be taken with a grain of of salt. Uh, understanding that he is by nature a provocateur comedian, and that pushing the boundary is an element of what he does intrinsically, and and that you know. Then why did he spend half of his time trying to prove what a good human he is? Why didn't he stand by the character he is on the stage? That's a very fair That's point. That's a very there is, good point. He does throughout yeah. the whole thing go like, oh, and by the way, I am friends with someone who is transsexual. Right. And I'm and, and I'm better. I was better for her than... And she loves me. Right. Or no, <laughs> Dave Chappelle probably misused her pronouns, but you know. Well, he did in, in the special yeah. as well and then said she would have loved that. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I mean, I, I honestly, Dave Chappelle has never not been a provocateur and that to me was why i like him right um i like comedy that challenges i like comedy that stirs up emotions i like comedy that offends that's just me that's my personal taste um i like comedy where i don't have to align with the political views polit you know i don't have i don't i don't think that way but i if, if it still makes me laugh i think that's pretty pretty good on their part yeah. Um, that being said, I mean, I knew exactly what I was getting into when I was watching The Closer. Um, as a gay man, in the jokes he made towards gays, I wasn't offended. Doesn't mean that other gay people aren't offended. I personally wasn't offended. I, I laughed. When it comes to the trans rhetoric, I don't... I'm, I don't feel like I have a place to say whether that's right or wrong because I'm not trans. And so it's not my experience. I can still have empathy and I understand that like, it's a very like sensitive topic because there are still so many like murders that are happening, um, specifically to trans people, people of color. I just felt that what he was doing was he was comparing the black experience with the LGBTQ a plus 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 experience and kind of saying like, we have it worse and we've had it worse than, than you, you have it. Is that a necessary line to draw? I mean, is that, is that a, cause there was a lot of talk about, you know, uh, walk a mile in our shoes as a, as a black man. And you'll understand what real struggle is, which is a very valid point. However, it does bring up a sort of, he's inciting a bit of a battle that I don't know if, he needs to incite as 
a black man with 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 who hasn't experienced it, what it is to be trans in America. I understand yeah. being a provoca- provocateur, a provocative comic. That, mom, mom, that, has, that, mom has a French background. Well, no, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what it is. I'm tongue-tied. Do you know that's a real thing? Yeah, I should have a phrenectomy. I should have had my tongue cut so that I can talk easier. Um, but I have sleep apnea, and so there's a fear that I could, like, my tongue could make it much worse if it's cut, so I can't have it cut. So there are words that I struggle with. I did not speak till I was four years old. I didn't speak until I was four. <gasps> yeah. I've never met anyone yeah. else. And my dad said, I, now I'm making up for it because I don't shut up. <laughs> well, yeah, anyway. kind of me too. So anyway, going back to Chappelle, I know being body shamed is something that can shut your whole life down and that he body shamed people who have had a vagina created for them is something I can't get past. I do. I, I understand that. And I think that that's a really good point, actually. I mean, it, it, I guess, I guess for him, his intention is to, you know, I guess what like a, you know, a 1950s father would do, you know, in, in terms of like toughening up a culture by, by like saying what he really thinks okay. and shooting from the hip. But, but at the same time, I mean, suicide numbers and trans communities are, are off the wazoo. They're so high and it's, um, heartbreaking, but, um, I, I, I do wonder, and, and I guess it's, the point of the special, I do wonder if it's too sensitive of a subject to approach uh, with the ferocity that he did. Here are two points for me. One, he, he denigrates people on Twitter, says it's not real, but he is standing on the stage of Netflix as a millionaire, getting millions for what he does. And that kind of... Um, I, I, I think it has separated him. All the pictures at the end, I don't know. I think they were all stars and celebrities. Those are his friends. Uh, I were, would. That, that felt very, very funny to me as well because it, there was a, it, it did kind of. It, such a narcissism. It was. It, it was <laughs> like, he's goat. He's yeah. the goat. He's yeah. the goat. Yeah. At the end of the, of the special, there's the ending credits have pictures of him with various famous people. Um, which, which was a weird, a weird statement to me. Um, see, I have people who agree with me or who like me anyway. I felt like it was that, but here's my big point. If he wants to toughen people up, if he wants to talk about these things and have the freedom to talk about these things, do this. He talked about women who wore black dresses to award shows and what they should have done is all left their agents and found a woman in the mail room uh, to be their agent, bring her up and stand together. That, that's not a bad idea. But what I think you should do, Chappelle, is all the money that you made from this Netflix event, give that all to education, educating people about being trans on either side. Uh, people who aren't trans or uh, 
give that money. I think that's a good idea. I think that's a good way for you to uh, really, if you want the right to toughen people up, then talk where, you know, where you're making your money, this platform you speak from. Yeah, I just, but I kind of feel like he's also like, that's not, I think, I think the cancel culture has kind of, uh, they're chasing him. I, I feel like a lot of comedians feel threatened by that because it's like, we now have to be careful of subjects that we make fun of or that we joke about. We have to be careful about our jokes because people are going to get angry and then they're going to try to cancel us. And comedians are just, they challenge, they've always been challenging that, you know, kind of like, um, I, 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 I guess I'm kind of rambling, but I just, I feel no, like, I feel like a lot of comedians are just double downing and they're like, no, fuck you. I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. And if you want to try to cancel me, cancel me. Like, go for it. But it's like, I've been doing this for so long. It's interesting. I went and saw um, Sandra Bernard perform on Friday. Oh, really? Yeah. How was that? Um, I could just listen to her talk and I would be completely entertained because she just has such a great, like, I don't know the way she speaks or cadence or whatever, but honey. But um, <laughs> it felt a little light. It felt a little soft. You know, it didn't feel as biting as the stuff I'm used to seeing her. And I was kind of wondering, oh, is it because of this new kind of culture we're in? Could it or be? Or is it because she was in dealing with the pandemic and she was just living with her, her wife and her experience was kind of smaller because she couldn't travel and be around people. You know, sometimes when you, um, when you compress things, when you put pressure on things like coal, you get diamonds. What if these comics have pressure on them to be funny and to not attack groups of people? I think tribalism is a dangerous concept. You know, the, the when comics started to be, you know, the shock comics, they were going after the system. They were going after people having uh, boundaries with sexuality. But now it just becomes about, I don't know, is it necessary? Could they, could they be funny? I laughed at one thing Chappelle said. I was going to ask you if you laughed at all. Have you have you typically been a Chappelle fan? Have you have you responded positively to other things he's done? I find him smart and interesting. I like how he feels about being a black man. I understand his points about all of that, but I think, you know, maybe a little pressure on him. He could he could evolve. I think I think he needs to evolve. To me, he seems like part of the system. He seems like the man to me. Really, here's he, he's he's not he's not out there, you know, giving new interesting ideas. He is part of the system. What what made you laugh? The one thing that made me laugh is his friend coming up to him and saying, "They're after you," and he said, "How many they?" <laughs> Oh yeah, that they was, one person or they two people? They, yeah, I thought that was very clever and funny and something that we're all dealing with that we're learning to cope with. Fair enough, and not hurtful. Does it have to be hurtful? One negative ramification I see is if 
he's normalizing that kind of behavior to young people. I mean, if, if yes. somebody's transitioning in sixth or seventh grade, I mean, we all know seventh graders, uh, you know, they're, they're brutal, you know, they're, they're horrifying. And if, if those kids are being exposed to it's funny and not only funny, but also helpful in the fight for freedom of speech to push boundaries and to use that kind of language, then, then the sensitivity of someone who did just transition is, you know, really at risk. And I, I, I mean, I'm not saying, I, I do think that, I do think that speech should be free. And I do think that it's good to have people pushing these boundaries, but I, I wonder if the man who has the pictures of him with all the celebrities and is a self-exclaimed goat and who knows that this thing is going to be seen by all sorts of families mm -hmm. is, you know, the right person to be sort of inspiring. Um, I mean, if you're an adult and, and you've been through that, like you can handle it, you know, I, I mean, it's maybe even sometimes comforting to, to be recognized and seen, even if you're getting made fun of sometimes it's like, Oh, okay. You get me and you still love me, you know, uh, but in the wrong hands, that can be a really, um, that can pose a real challenge to our society and especially those who are like young and still figuring it out and maybe a little bit, um, maybe a little bit naturally sensitive. I, I, I will say this when I've, I had a lot of thoughts, like it's like been a process since I've watched the show. Um, my first thought was, this is funny. I feel like, you know, I feel like he has love in his heart. I don't think he has hate, blah, blah, blah. And then it kind of shifted and shifted and shifted. But I I have an Instagram fran, friend. <laughs> Texas accent. Kind of. <laughs> I have an Instagram friend. Uh, her name is Jacqueline Moore, and she's trans. And she came out as trans about a year ago. And she was a showrunner on Dear White People. Oh, yeah. Which is on Netflix. And she basically was com just completely offended and upset about this special to the point where she tweeted to Netflix that she was disappointed and that she won't be working with them because they, you know, the ones that produced this special. Um, and she, a couple days later, like was just sharing like, all the vitriol she was getting because a Hollywood reporter variety picked up on it and did a little story about it. And, uh, just seeing all the vitriol in the comments, it broke me. It, it was just devastating because I can't imagine what it's like for her to be making such this, this huge transition and then having taken a stance and then like having people just come and say the most incredibly insensitive and garbage things right um to the point where she said she was taking a break getting off it and i i already know that she's got a lot of like sensitivity and depression and anxiety about that she shares it on her on her platform um which i admire as well because i think that that is incredible that that's where i see social media being really helpful and productive there's another trans um woman named Kara Cunningham 
who's formerly known as uh, Chris Carter, the Leave Britney Alone. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, and she she's transitioning. And so she's sharing her mental health and, and dealing with her family and then just like how she lives in the South. And so she really wants to make sure that when she has the surgery, she gets everything done because you can't really kind of half-ass it where she lives without dealing with potential danger and harm. Right. Um, so I guess that being said, um, just seeing the comments that people left, it, it kind of did make me feel like, oh, these are like people that think they're championing Dave Chappelle and coming and saying all this stuff. Uh, that's really mean. And I don't, I mean, I don't think that that's necessarily like what Dave Chappelle would want at all, but I do feel like people do take, take what they hear and they decide what resonates and then they run with it. Whether he wants it or not, he's accountable for it. I agree. I totally agree. And he is accountable. I agree. Here's, here's the thing. There's a, and I think it's in South Dakota, uh, I think they were actually in, in several states and they had one revered person in uh, their tribe and it was called the Rotten Belly. And he did everything wrong, was encouraged to. He embodied everything that didn't work for tribal life. And everyone watched him do it, you know, get drunk, eat too much, try to punch people. Um and it served as an avatar for everyone's <laughs> difficult thoughts. And I think comics are wonderful for that. But we, as a society right now, don't seem to understand that they are our avatars. And we half hear them. Maybe we don't focus so well when we're observing what they do and have a good understanding that you're not supposed to go and have their thoughts. They're supposed to provoke ideas. You're not supposed to try to be like them. I think that's, I mean, I I know for myself growing up, like I would kind of base, I feel like my personality, try to base my personality off of people I thought were cool or interesting. You know, I think like, Yes, what I was doing when I was 11. I was probably trying to be Jim Carrey, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then when I got into high school, I wanted to be Parker Posey. <laughs> <laughs> and in college, Catherine Keener, you know, and kind of shifted. But yeah, it is something where that is a huge part of it, is that there are a lot of people that are looking up to their heroes, people who are a goat, and like looking to them to kind of like kind of show maybe direct them into way how they should be. I think that where he's coming from is is perfectly fine. I mean, like in in the special, his point of view is well within reason. I mean, and he's establishing it really well and telling the story really well. But what he's not realizing is the effect. Of, of what he's doing. What he's not realizing is that he's indoctrinating this information to people that are far less emotionally aware and emotionally intelligent than he is. And he's establishing it, as you say, like, like, I mean, he knows, he knows he's someone who people look up to. So it, it's, 
And when you say emotionally intelligent and thoughtful, you're talking about brains that don't stop developing until they're 25. So of course, you know, these, the young people are transitioning themselves. I mean, and all transitions are tough and big transitions that you have decided to do that seem to be against society are even tougher, but all children are transitioning and he's giving information that maybe should be in small clubs where there's you know, drinking and 50 bucks to get in the door. But on a Netflix platform, I'm not sure. I completely agree. Um, I I do have, have you guys seen the the baby clip that he was referring to at the beginning? Oh, no. Wait, the the murder? No, 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 no. I mean, he he says like everybody, you know, like, Lay off the baby, like oh, the baby's the, having a hard time. The homophobic slurs, yeah. And the AIDS comments, yeah. Have you seen it? I read it, okay. but but do you want to? No, 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 no. It's we, pretty. I no, mean, I I don't want to hear the oh, homophobic slurs, but I am interested in he's not hearing slurs. By his, the way, oh, they're not. It's if we're not if we're not going to play it. Uh, I mean, it, it it's. I thought this was his apology or his explanation of how he killed a man. No, 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 no. No. Oh. This is what he's currently under fire for. People just forgot that, about the that, fact that he's killed a I man. I mean, I didn't even know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I didn't know who baby was until I found out that I should be outraged because he said anti-gay rhetoric. I still don't Which really I know who he don't, is. Which I don't, yeah. And also, like, I guess, like, it doesn't directly affect me. So I guess, like, I just didn't really care. No, and, and and we're not, it's not like, oh, Johnny, you're gay, so you're the professional in all things gay. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome to our gay talk podcast. I only got a bachelor's, not a master's. <laughs> I haven't had sex in a long time, so I might have lost my gay status. But in, in searching for, you know, what's going on right now, I mean, it, it is it is kind of, and, you know, in the in the, the public eye, this, this Chappelle well, thing, and I, I think that the DaBaby clip is... Hilarious! It's it's not not appropriate. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Also, he's got it all queued up. No, no, come on. <laughs> it's funny in in the nuance. Um, Wait, this is but he's wasn't he at a con? Oh, this is it. I can skip straight to the. How, how old is this child? He's a baby. How old is like, the baby? He's like <laughs> nine <How old> months. <laughs> Oh no, he's uh, he's sixty three months. <laughs> All right, play. I, I, I'm I'm play just it. interested to see All what right. everyone thinks about it. You didn't show up today with HIV, AIDS, any of them deadly sexual transmitted diseases that'll make you die in two, three weeks. Put a cell phone light in the up. Lady, if your pussy smell like water, put a cell phone light in the up. Fellas, lights up. Fellas, if you ain't sucking in the parking lot, put your cell phone lights in the up. Be real about this shit. Yeah, keep it fucking real. It's just like, uh, it's so, it, it requires weak ass internet shit. One time I'm going to get back to giving my love to my fans. See what I'm saying? Because what me and my fans do at the live show, it don't concern you on the internet or you bitter bitches on the internet. It's not y'all business. I got to believe. You know what, I'm saying? <laughs> what I do at a live show is for the audience at the live show. It'll never translate correctly to somebody looking at a little five, six second clip from their goddamn crib on their phone. It just don't work like that. Like, 
Regardless of what you motherfuckers talking about, how the internet done twisted up my motherfucking word. Me and all my fans at the show. I mean, no one twisted the his gay word. ones and the straight ones. We turned the fuck up. I'm talking about my boy that was at the front of the stage, left over there by where I jumped at. Ask him. He got clips all on his shit. The whole night was recording. We were turned the whole night. My boy had the crop top on, front row. Yeah, out there in that, in that jungle, in that water. Yeah, he out there. He's standing on the rail. Got them cutting up. He words. I saw him. I'm, I'm rapping them bitches with him. Yeah. The hell y'all talking about? Y'all niggas, shut the fuck up. You niggas, you niggas that, wasn't, that ain't at the show. The show is for the who paid the money and, and took the time out of their life. I mean, so far he makes an okay show. point. Not you motherfuckers I, watching it. Yeah, but on, it, it, on does it, turn. Turn. No, nigga, it does turn. It does turn. Get your tickets and come fuck with the live show killer. Gay or straight. Don't let these motherfuckers. Motherfuckers hell. I, I say if you don't got Is AIDS, put your cell phone light up. No, no, he doesn't cry. I say if you ain't sucked the, baby. In the, parking the lot, one baby that doesn't cry. Lights up. So I could drop my next song. I wasn't going on no rant. That's called a call to action. That's what that's called, because I'm a live performer. I'm the best live performer. I'm the live show killer. You interact with your friends. Another fans. goat. You get what I'm Look. With a gay friend. All the lights went up. Yeah. Gay, straight. You want to know why? Because even my gay fans don't got fucking AIDS. Stupid ass niggas. Um, what? There it is. They what? Don't got AIDS. My gay fans. So it's not necessarily. It's not anti gay. It's anti AIDS. Is that it? Yeah, he says, he goes on to say they take care of themselves. My gay fans take care of themselves. Oh, my And God. it's, I mean, you know, I only bring this up because it, Chappelle started off the show by saying, like, you know, like, free to baby. I, I think he was joking, to be honest, but it, 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 it was, you know, it's not funny in, in that it's, you know, hurtful language, potentially. I don't know. But... It's funny in, in how, and this is evidence, you know, of, of the fact that this is, this is a guy who's representing culture, uh, representing youth culture. And you see that like when someone like Chappelle is disseminating information in this way, it leads to people like young people talking like this. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think that that's, I think that that's really notable because it's, it, it's funny because he just lacks subtlety and understanding and, and cultural understanding. He hasn't thought awareness. this out. He hasn't thought any of this out. He has not taken a deep dive into AIDS and understanding it. And uh, he, you're right. It is just sound bites he's taken and positions he thinks make him look good, I guess. I don't know. It makes me sick. I still can tell you a song. That he's, I don't know a single debate. I do think so. it's interesting, though, that Kanye West had his listening party. Speaking of provocateur, he had his listening party, and his two of his guests were DaBaby and Marilyn Manson. Whoa. Marilyn Manson, who has multiple sexual allegations, sexual abuse allegations towards him. And that seemed like a very specific decision for Kanye to make. Well, sure. Because it's... he's like, let me get these two people that you know, celebrities seem have to be a lot making, of heat on them. They seem to be making a real push towards destroying or dismantling cancel culture. Yeah. Intentionally. Yeah. Which is f funny again. I don't know. Not funny, but it's interesting because it's like, what are you, everyone's so afraid of 
the real way to dismantle cancel culture is not by surrounding yourself with people that were canceled and trying to give them a pedestal, but it's like, A, I mean, listen to what the world is asking people to do and B, like, you know, like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, make a podcast. <laughs> that, that way you get, you get to really like fully explain yourself and it's not just what the news picks up on or, 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 or whatever. But I, I think, I, I think that cancel culture exists for a reason. Yeah, but wait, wait till you get canceled when they just lift up that you say, well, that was funny. And that's all they did. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's true. And when we live in the digital age, you know, there's there's a comedy stuff I made like over 10 years ago that was shared, went viral, that websites, blogs shared it. It was amazing. And then I would, luckily YouTube deleted it because if it played today, oh, that would, would really? not go over very well because it was a very like making fun of things it was almost like, cause I grew up in, okay. When I went to school, I went to school for film and I took this, um, class called stereotypes in, in the media. And basically what I learned from that was that, uh, it's okay that the Simpsons have a stereotypical racist character of a poo because a poo's not being used to give leverage to the Simpsons. Cause the Simpsons are still fuck ups in their own ways. And they're not seen as better because we have a poo there. Unlike, say, A Breakfast at Tiffany's, where, like, Mickey Rooney was playing that very racist, stereotypical Asian man. Um, so I learned it that way, not thinking that, oh, years later, the thought of racism and everything was going to evolve as well. And so you either evolve with it or you don't. Right. Um, I'm choosing to evolve with it. Uh, I know certain jokes not to make it ever again, nor would I want to, cause it would look very like lame. But the thing is, is like, I, we do live in the digital age. And so all of our past things that we've done, be it, it was fine then, but now it's not, it's coming to haunt you. That is something with cancel culture that I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with, I guess. I feel like there's a lot of gray area and it's not a black and white issue. And I feel like cancel culture is very much about judge, jury, executioner. And there's like, Oh, absolutely. And I, and I don't like that and I don't agree with that. Um, but at the same time, but, but be accountable, this is, but this, that's the thing. I mean, it, if there was a, a comic in a small venue that, you know, fans went to see particular fans of his. That's one thing. Or, and he's playing clubs. That's the way the world used to be. But now it's so big. It's so global. Everyone can see everything multiple times. What do you do? But I have a question before you answer that one. Okay. So the the jokes that you used to make that you would no longer make because you've learned differently yeah do you not make them because you know you shouldn't or because you have had a deep sea change in the way you view things and would go oh no that's hurtful. i think the sea change is part of knowing that that's not acceptable as well you know i think it's both i think it's like uh yeah i think it's it's this it's together it's the same to me i feel like 
my sense of humor has changed a lot. I think since when I was younger, mm-hmm. things that I find funny, I don't necessarily funny uh, now. Uh, then I don't necessarily find funny now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also it's just about evolving and knowing, like, okay, like because there's an awareness of how it how it makes someone else smaller. And also, like, I like to make people laugh. I don't want to make people feel bad ever. I, that's not my ammo. And so if I sometimes like say like if Django and I were hanging out and I was, you know, we had some drinks and then I was making a joke and then the next day Django was like, Hey Johnny, like when you said that the other night, it, it hurt my feelings. That would devastate me. Johnny does a lot of racial slurs towards me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Wait a minute. Uh, that's a totally a joke. I only do one. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Uh, no, but, um, but just like, you know what I'm saying? Like if I even just anything, like if I said anything, not racial necessarily, but just made some, made a joke about like, oh, he's a jacket he was wearing or something. I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if Jenga was like, that really like upset me, that would devastate me. That would devastate me. And I would want to make it right. And, and so that's and if my, you didn't stop, if you didn't stop, I wouldn't doing have Jenga as a friend. He would cancel you. Or, yeah. I'm just saying sure. that's all cancel culture. I'm I'm just making a case for it because how do you what do you do when so many people are consuming this information that can is potentially dangerous or is dangerous? What how what do you do? I mean, I guess for me, I'm always just kind of like there's always uh, comedians that I never thought were particularly funny, and there are comedians that I think are very funny. There's music I don't like, and there's music I do like. So what do I do? I listen to the music I like to listen to and I watch the comedians I like to watch. I'm not going around telling other people, don't listen to that, don't watch that. You do you. But I'm saying because now in this day and age, it's different. Everyone, everyone's opinion and everyone's thing is out there in your face, you know? But it's also the opinion becomes action, you know? I'm, I'm sure uh, young trans people would say, yeah, I mean incite people there there's going to be someone who goes yeah you know that's right that's right they they got no right to to be doing this in this world i just feel like uh you don't think it goes that far well no i just let he without sin cast the first stone like i don't feel like i can go after anyone because i have skeletons in my closet as most people do. Well, you know, or like they've done things that maybe they're not proud of, you know? Um, I, I guess, I don't know. Like, I feel like I can be an ally. I'm definitely an ally, but I just am also, I don't know. I guess I haven't, maybe I just don't want to stir. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want to stir the pot anymore. I know. Me neither. And maybe I am scared of the ramifications of that because they're, you know, they're scary. But I do feel like it's almost like sometimes in this day and age, like you get canceled and then it's like a timeout and then it'll expire. And then you're allowed to come back in, depending on what you did. If you are a comic and you tweeted anti, you know, or you tweeted racist tweets in 2012 that were perfectly fine then. No one said anything bad but now in this very kind of a socially aware culture that we're in I, I honestly think it's a reaction because of Trump 
And I think it's a that's the totally. silver lining is when Trump got elected, that's when Me Too came out. Mm. That's when uh, Black Lives Matter came again, but in a very specific way. The Women's March, like everything was like as a result to Trump. And that's when also a lot of hatred came up. It was almost like he's the reason why everything bubbled up. And then that's why we're where we are right now. But there's also, I think, um, another, there's, there's the Trump character and then there's the creative elitist idea, the, the creatives who, you know, and I don't mean just in the business, but I do mean millionaires. I mean, people in, you know, building computers and doing all that stuff who go, no, I'm going to, I'm smarter than you. And I am going to tell you the way it is. I know what's true, and I will tell you. I think people are sick of that. Mm-hmm. People are tired of that. If people could not come from this, you know, and it seems to have this swagger of, I've got to, I've got to identify, as you said earlier, I've got to identify with my opinions, not change them, and this is the truth, and you have got, I'm going to, force it down your throat. I mean, that's what people don't want. Yeah. I, I don't like being told. I mean, I didn't like being told that I had to call my father, like, fa- you know, dad, <laughs> I wanted to call him Raul. Cause that's his name. And he's like, no, it's dad. And I'm like, I don't call my brother Barrett brother, you know? And it was just this rule. And I, and, and it was like just the idea of someone telling me how I'm supposed to speak irks me. I don't like being told what to do. Interesting. Unless I'm like getting paid by you or I'm fucking you. <laughs> but now, you know, but other now. than that, like, don't tell me what, don't tell me what to do. But, but why did you, did you call him dad when you were little? Yeah, I did. And then what happened? Unless I wanted to like piss him off and then I call him Raul. Oh, and then I'm like, Oh, you're literally mad at me because I called you by your name. You so know. could that be what was really behind you wanting to call him Raul is to go, mm, nope, not buying this, yeah. not buying this dad thing. To challenge So it. this was more about who he was than you're not wanting to give him that. He didn't give you something. Maybe, could that be right? Maybe, yeah, maybe it was that. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't really. Yeah. Maybe he didn't earn it. About, yeah. <laughs> I like the idea, though, of it being his fault and not mine. Well, yeah, I I support that. (laughs) I mean, um, yeah, Raul. (laughs) Everyone just looked at me and I I, I had. That's that's my favorite thing, too, is people are like, Raul. I'm like, yeah, he's half Venezuelan. Oh, really? Yeah. And his last name is Smith. Raul Smith. That's why my dad would have me like go through the mail and he's like anything that says Paul Smith throw it out did people call him paul no i think my mother called him raul oh 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 no raul yeah raul i love well one of my favorite performers was raul julia yeah he's great oh my god did you ever work with him no but i saw him in the park do um shakespeare and he was just electricity he was just amazing so yeah i love the name raul gomez adams I love the name or, Gomez. Um, Django. <laughs> Gomez Adams? You played Gomez Adams. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm totally lost in this conversation. I have no idea what's going on. You guys are talking about <laughs> Shakespeare. An actor named and, Raul Julia. Yeah. No, that's okay. I'll skip this one. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's like, I'm going to just sip my drink. Y'all, y'all go at it. Yeah. We're going to, he's like, I'm going to edit this section out anyway. By the way, you're having, um, Campari gin and pomegranate juice as a cocktail tonight. Yes. Yeah. And you like it? Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's not as good as a Negroni. Okay. But that's just a me thing. I mean, I, I like what I, I have like a, you know, I have one or two drinks maximum. Well, I was going really for a whole, uh, you know, blood red thing. And if you saw the color, it's great. But right. I put it, then I put it in a red glass. So it's useless. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I had, I, I do feel a little bit of guilt about, uh, putting my poor mother through watching, uh, such a crazy video. Um, oh, the baby or the baby. Yeah. The yeah, baby was a bit intense. Well, what about me? <laughs> Johnny, I know you're, <laughs> you're, what about me? you're, you're self-claimed perverted. <laughs> I, I, um, but I, 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 well, I do have, I do have something else that I kind of wanted to talk about. Yeah. But it's equally uncomfortable for me. Oh, I'll good, just say that. Good, perfect. That, that's okay. Yeah. It's equally uncomfortable for me, not because I ascribe to it, but because, of course, I'm sharing it with my mother. I mean, I, Johnny, I would talk to you about this anytime. Okay. It's always different, uh, you know, with a mom. But um, so this is, again, in the vein of um, what can happen when the internet creates communities. Um, when, when, when communities find their identity and make choices based on what they find on the internet. So, you know, on, on 4chan and Reddit, you can, you can find a community for just about anything and you can essentially ascribe to what they believe and, and, and become that eventually. And A tribe. A tribe. A scribe tribe. Scribe tribe. But um, I, I, guess, I guess it does tie back into uh, what we were talking about a little bit. Um, but yeah, okay, so on, 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 on Reddit, there's this new trend. It, 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 it ties back to what we were talking about because we were, we were talking about how this generation is so coddled, you know, or, or, or spoiled. I, I forget what the, what the exact word is. Well, it's just was. everyone gets an award. Everyone gets an award. So in order to enact discipline, my theory is that certain men, especially today, are, are finding ways to punish themselves to a degree or, or give themselves crazy restrictions so that they can meet the expectations of, of their family, you know, I mean, that's a theory. I'm sure there's a million reasons, but what I'm, what I'm, what I'm talking about specifically is a, a subreddit, um, about, <laughs> about semen retention, mm. which is a very popular theory. And it's something that, you know, my opinions are mixed. I, I think, um, I think that it's really healthy to avoid pornography in the modern era, but I, I also think that if, if you reach a certain level, um, where, where, uh, let me read this. So yeah, I, I, I made um, a bit of a mistake in, um, in, in learning the, the technical, uh, stuff, um, accidentally paused our podcast and lost about 30 minutes of great material <laughs> on the topic of semen retention with my mother and Johnny. <laughs> um, 
Uh, but well, really, why would that be weird? I lo- you're actually punishing yourself by having this discussion for the second time. Oh, 100 percent. One hundred percent. People who are doing semen retention are punishing themselves. <laughs> Think about That's it. That's so true. Think about it. But why is it hard? Why would it be hard? Um, to talk, I mean, it's not, it's not hard. I think any, any, uh, sort of topics regarding semen, um, and sexual fluids. I'm not looking at you right now, for example. It's just, (laughs) why are you looking at me? (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. My eyes were dead staring right at Johnny the whole time. (laughs) Um, no, but I, I, I do think that that's kind of what makes it, um, you know, fun to do the podcast is, you know, I, I, I do get to kind of bring things from, from now that are, 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 are quite interesting, Yeah, you know, such as r slash reddit.com slash subreddit, uh, um, slash semen retention. Um, <laughs> um, so what are they doing? Why are they doing this? So, uh, I mean, basically it's, it's guys that in order to, I guess, maintain their creative passion to maintain their testosterone levels, um, find a need to go uh, infinitely into retaining, um, I I guess, their sexual energy and not masturbating. Mm. Um, And, and uh, it's, it's, it's interesting in, in, in the vein of, you know, what, what, what will guys today do in order to feel more masculine and how, how far will we go? And will we deprive ourselves of, you know, something that other species do, you know, I mean, it's not that it's unnatural necessarily. However, I do agree that it's unnatural to, uh, watch pornography and consume it the way that we do. Um, not that unnatural is bad, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, it's just a very confusing, um, subject to me. I, I, I personally love pornography, but I also realize it's like anything, if it's like an addiction and it's a problem, then you need to like deal with it. You know, some people can have drinks. Some people can't, some people can watch pornography and still have a healthy sex life identity. Am I digressing? I'm digressing. No, 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 no. Um, I do have, I actually have, because we went on a bit of a tangent and I, rec- I, I 30 minutes into it again, I realized that none of it was there. Um, <laughs> but I, I did, so I, I, I saved another thing from that Reddit that, that's interesting and, it, and it's a bit different. Um, and it's a video of, of someone uh, explaining, not... <laughs> I think you're saying not masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's specifically about masturbating. It's not about being with other people. It's about math. They, they're not going to masturbate. Well, or they're not I, I do come. think it. I do think it transfers into their relationship with women and other people. I mean, I, I think that the idea is that they're gonna they're gonna say they're gonna retain all. Uh, you know, they're gonna retain until they have a child. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, oh. So they're not going to come. <laughs> I just want to say thank you, Johnny, <laughs> to make Jingo blush. Johnny. Thank you, Johnny. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, this is, I mean, this is, it's just a funny, you know, I, it, it, 
Yeah, I'll play I'll play this clip really quickly. What's good with y'all, man? Today's video I want to talk about why they don't want you to know about semen retention. They do not want us men to know about semen retention because once you start to retain your seed, you're taking money from their pockets. What? These higher ups, they want you to watch these porn websites because they make profit off of you. They're making money off of your time and your energy, man. People are busting gallons to these websites. Okay. <laughs> Stop it there. Uh, oh, oh. Well, no, no, wait. No, I'm blushing. Okay, but I, I do understand if if this is tied to pornography, I do understand uh, the idea that people are making money off of you getting young people, getting addicted. And as a woman, it is so messed up to... to to have these expectations and for men to have these expectations mm -hmm. about what they're supposed to be. That's what I don't like about porn. If you can watch porn and go, yeah, so that's makeup. That's weird. That's, but you know, now I'm going to go and just be with my partner. That's one thing. But if you think that it's supposed to look and be like that, it, and it's not for you, it just it's it's soul crushing. Why do that with something that's so wonderful? That's true. And if it, it, I mean, if the movement, not that it, everyone has to be this way, but if the movement was purely based on anti-pornography rhetoric, I would be behind it and it wouldn't be interesting to me. But I mean, I, I guess that's an element of these people's arguments is that it's, you know, oh, the, the big companies, pornography, they're doing this as a uh, scheme to make money. But I mean, really what he'll go on to say is that it increases testosterone. And, and that's what, that's what so many men today are trying to do through natural or artificial means is improve their level of testosterone. So is he saying like, let's improve our testosterone by not watching pornography I I by the way? Pornography is profiting off of you. 100%. But this that's is an just 11 a minute side video. note. Yeah. The real crutch is that testosterone levels will be compromised if you tug on your hog. Yeah. So to speak. Okay. I kind of feel like um, I, I agree like with the idea of pornography and then the expectations of like, am I supposed to be that way? Yeah. You know, am I supposed to look like that? 100%. And that's where it could be a little... A lot problematic. Yeah. But this, it's just, you were talking about the, the fact that changing one's chemicals to, to meet some kind of expectation is the, it's just the same thing as, well, I don't know. Like if I hold in my semen and save it for when I want to have a baby, my partner is going to give birth to Thor. I believe is what we said. You said Superman, yeah. I said Thor. I liked mine better. <laughs> you know. That's really what they're, but what if it's a girl? She-Ra. Oh, <laughs> you don't get that reference. Um, Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you no, know She-Ra though? I don't know She-Ra, okay. no. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we, we just know uh, listeners at home that we recorded a great 30 minutes and it crushed. <laughs> um, amateur. And this is what you get. Amateur. Instead. 
<laughs> us half remembering yeah. jokes. Of, I know. Is that what, is that what, so, is that what you said? I know. You're like, why did you have to say Shira the second time, <laughs> not the first time when we lost it? On the Shira. This is a redo and you messed yeah. it up. Now that you went the Shira direction, I think I think we should um, end this. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, it's time for dinner. Um, yeah, Johnny, do you have any plugs? Do you want to talk about your Instagram? Do you want to get oh, people to um, follow it? I'm on Instagram, uh, the Johnny Smith. And uh, I don't know. I guess that's it. You just did a short movie that I saw got released. Is there oh, anywhere yeah. people can watch that? Uh, it's called Picnic Pals in Dreamland. Uh, I guess Google it. I don't know where it is. <laughs> I'm really good at this. <laughs> I apparently don't want anyone to see me or know of me. So, uh, yeah. Oh, wait. Is Instagram your preferred? Or are you trying to move over to Twitter? I'm on Twitter as at Pervarted Johnny because uh, Instagram looks like my days on Instagram might be. The shadow ban. Yeah, coming, coming to an end. I, I keep getting uh, in trouble. So I, my my art is too dangerous. It's like the the goat the goat of Instagram. I'm the goat of Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except Instagram's canceling me. Netflix isn't canceling <laughs> Anyway. Um, and what are we having for dinner? We are we made um pate today. Ooh. So yeah, it it will start with pate with again lodge bread, of course, my favorite. And then we're having um, mashed potatoes. Uh, horseradish mashed potatoes topped with um, short ribs cooked Ooh. in red wine and rosemary. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. Also, the way you describe it. I want to, like, have that on a loop. It's so soothing. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's important to me. It's, like, it's oh. really important, the food. But I think this, I'm excited about the pate. This is an interesting story. At least I think it is. When I was a little girl, I used to collect these gourmet magazines. Um, and there was, and I think it was from a gourmet magazine, there was a request uh, for the for the recipe of pate that was served in this little town in New Mexico. And... I kept the recipe and I've made it all my life. And we ended up living right there next to the restaurant uh, in Corrales. Wow. Isn't that weird? Did, was the restaurant still there when we were there? It it was now an event place, uh. but it was right there next to the, to the crow. Hmm. Yeah. So we, so this pate means a lot to me. It's a New Mexico thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Let's eat.